You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. We can carry it again because God is carrying us. I want you to greet as many people around you. This is our house. This is our home. And we are a family here from all different places, from all different colors. Even online, you are one with us. And I want you to raise your right hand, please. And we cannot touch one another, but we can allow ourselves to be touched by one another through our faces, through our eyes, through our presence. And I just want you to give a wave to the people around you and say, thank you for showing up. 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 Thank you for... Thank you for showing up. Guys, my dear friends, just have a few things for housekeeping. I want to declare that last week, uh, Brother Odi mentioned that uh, uh, we might be moving to another place because we do not have enough yet from the people to the, to the sustainability of things. But uh, I'll be the first to report to you with his blessing that we're going to stay here. We're going to stay here. Parang kulang pa. God can do great things with our five loaves and two fish. So Lord, bala ka na sa kanila mamaya sa love offering. But look around you, we still have space. Our capacity is 3,500. We're just about less than 200. And we're giving ourselves a month until the end of June. And I'm asking you as family, bring people in. We are working to make things better for us. Our parking, we're working on it. Uh, We are hearing your feedback. And uh, please don't come here as a guest. Hindi po kayo bisita. Kapamilya po tayo, kapuso, kung ano tawag pa, ha? So come here. Ano ang alay natin sa isa't isa? And ano ang, anong, anong ambag natin? What is our contribution? And your mere presence is already one. If you, can, if you are led by the Lord to do some more, go for it. But we're saying to you, at least until the end of June, we're gonna stay here, okay? Are you with us? Will you commit to bring people here? And those who are watching online, we know how comfortable it is. But uh, we invite you to experience this. We invite you to experience the joy to be one warm-blooded people. Sometimes cold-hearted, but still warm. And learning to, you know. <laughs> so I welcome you, my dear friends. And today is our gathering every single week. And we're not stopping. And uh, thank you. Thank you for being one with us. Again, wave to the people around you. Say to them, thank you for showing up. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Let's pray our favorite prayer in the feast. And we're praying this not because we want anything from the Lord. We want Him. 
We want to be closer to Him. The way we worship God is not because, Lord, I worship you because I need something from you. I worship you because it's you. And, and we become like Him whom we worship. And uh, I hope that you today, coming in, waking up early, coming in, braving through the traffic, braving through many things you've left behind, I believe that once we've come into the presence of the Lord, we will be changed, transformed inside and out. So I want you to pray our favorite prayer in our feast, our novena, our declaration of abundance. Are you ready? In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, amen. If you're comfortable, you know, family, you, you know how to do this. Declare it. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Come on. Healing and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's word so I would become more like Jesus every day. Shout it. I'm God's servant. I'm God's powerful champion. Because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Sing it together, even online. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Father, today we open our hearts, our eyes, ourselves to your grace. Through your word, speak to us. Your people, your sons and daughters are listening. Speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take your seats. Brother Bo is away on a much-deserved family vacation. But he loves us so much that he doesn't want not to participate today. So first part of the talk on a video from Brother Bo Sanchez. And then we'll be back with Brother Audi. Hi, everybody. God bless you. I'm not in the Philippines. I'm in the UK. Oh, we're, we're meeting the feasters here, preaching at the feast, also talking to some feast leaders from different countries in Europe. It's been um, really an exciting time. And I know that God is there. God is with you. God will speak to you. God will change you. You're going to have an amazing, amazing feast. And this is the last talk of Jonah. Today, I want to preach the message. Are you ready? This is going to be a jarring message for all of us. Here it is. God is good to people you don't like. No! <laughs> Can I tell you a story? Once upon a time, many, many moons ago, I was still wet behind the ears when it came to money. A friend of mine invited me to invest 200,000 pesos to his business and he promised 2% interest every month. Very attractive, you know, to me. And, and I said, you know, I had, well, how much money did I have? 200,000 pesos, okay? A little bit, a little bit more than that. And, and, but I told him, you know what? I'm saving it because I want to start my own business. When he noticed that I was hesitant, you know what he did? On the spot, right there and then, he raised the interest to 3% a month. 
Now that should have triggered alarm bells in my brain with 300 red flags waving at me, right? You know? But no, I, I, I was just, I just saw the 3% interest a month. Whoa, I'm going to earn more. So I gave him all my money, 200,000 pesos. My dear friends, I have never, <laughs> I never saw that money again. There were times when I would bump into this friend of mine, you know, and then he will talk about this, you know, convoluted story that his business hit some snags, hit some roadblocks, but the solution is coming. And, you know, he's going to pay me after that. And then in the next breath, he will say, by the way, do you want to invest some more? And I told him, I gave you all my money. I have no money to give you anymore. Later on, I learned the harsh, bitter reality that he was actually drowning in debt. When I met him and he got my 200000 he was already drowning in debt. It was all a Ponzi scheme. He was just scamming people left and right, running and escaping. And, and it, it was a horrible, oh my gosh, you know. And, and I, I remember going home that day angry and afraid. Because, you know, that money was my source of security for my future. I'm going to start my business. And, 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 but thanks be to God, I had a relationship with God. And spontaneously, I went into His presence, poured out all my anger, poured out all my fear. And as I was doing that, I heard God give me three words. And no, it was not an audible voice, you know, Bo, this is God, you know, nothing like that. But there were just thoughts that entered my mind, but they were so special. I knew that God was speaking to me. And those three words changed my life. I'm going to share them with you right now. The first thing he told me was this, Bo, you are at fault too. I was stunned. It's like I thought God was going to take my side. But I had enough sense to know that God was right. I became greedy. I became lazy. You put those together and you're going to give your money left and right. You know, I did not do any research. I did not do any due diligence. My mess had a message. My loss had a lesson. And I realized unless I take personal responsibility that we were both to blame for what happened to me, nothing will happen. I'm telling you, if you keep on blaming, you know, your situation to someone else, I blame that person, I blame that people, I blame, I blame, I blame. Guess what? You are removing the power to change your life and, and passing on to that person. But when God told me, you're at fault too, and I accepted it, I, I just knew something was happening in me that I need to learn this lesson to move forward. Here's number two. The second thing that I learned, I, I received from God. The second was much, much more difficult than the first. The second message I received from God was, bless him. Bo, bless him. And I said, Lord, he is a horrible human being. He pretended to be my friend, but he was already lying through his teeth. Lord God, how? You know, and, and I heard through the grapevine that he was so miserable. Why? His family, 
whole family did not want to talk to him he, because he already borrowed from his mother and his brother and his sister and his brother-in-law and his auntie and his uncle and his cousins. And he was chased by loan sharks and he was changing his phone. And he was transferring houses. What a miserable life. Now, I want you to know, to be honest, inside me, I was saying to myself, booting up, you know, good for him, you know, he deserves that. But then I would hear in prayer, I would hear God tell me, bless him. Pray for him. I said, oh. And against the rage in my heart, I said, okay. And I would pray for him that God would bless him. And as I kept doing that, here's what I noticed. I noticed my anger leaking out. Not fully, but drop by drop. And firsthand, I experienced the power of prayer. That prayer does not only bless the person you're praying for, it blesses the person praying. And that's what happened to me. The third thing that happened, third thing that God told me, trust me, trust me. Bo, keep on doing what is right. Keep learning, keep growing, keep moving forward. Trust that you will get your money back in another way and much more. I want you to know that that's what happened. It took a number of years, but it happened. And God, you know, through, through, through businesses and investments and learning financial literacy, I began to be blessed even more. Why did I tell you that story? Here is why. Are you ready? Because this is the center of Jonah's very disturbing message that God is good to the people you don't like, especially people that hurt you and wronged you. I want you to welcome our next preacher. Keep on opening your heart. God is going to speak to you today. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Bo. How are you guys? Can I see a raise of hands? How many are having a great week? How many of you are in not so good week? That's okay. Can you say to the person beside you, it's okay to be not okay? <laughs> yeah, we're a family. We give ourselves the permission to be who you are. Please come as you are, okay? So, we are in our last talk of the book of Jonah and uh, beautiful past weeks. Yes, you appreciate it. And... Um, Let's review what we've covered so far. So we knew that God <clears throat> told Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach to Israel's arch nemesis. Sa kampo ng kalaba, for very obvious reasons, he wasn't happy. Jonah wasn't happy and he wasn't, he wasn't fully subscribed to it. And we know that he actually went the other way. He went on a boat far away from where he's supposed to be. He went to Tarshish, but God sent a storm to rock his boat. And then he was thrown off the ship, 
And a sea monster got him. And three days later, the, the, that sea monster vomited him to Nineveh. And Jonah then was forced, or maybe there was little obedience left in him, and he preached a five-word sermon that Nineveh will be destroyed in three days, and voila, it worked. The Ninevites repented. And if you want to end the story there, the message sometimes you'll think, you need to obey God or else. <laughs> you need to obey God or else there will be storms in your life or else you will have monstrous things happening into your life. But we are thankful because I want to pose the question, does this reflect God's true character? No, not really. So instead of actually thinking, is it going to be obeying God? Is this story about just obeying God? I want you to think about it. This story is not just to obey God alone. This is obey God or also know God. Because if you know the goodness of God, if you know the mercy of God, you cannot help but respond in full obedience and in love. And again, we expected Jonah to be happy because it worked. God's mercy was shown. People were saved. We're thankful that it did not end there. There's a whole chapter and this is where we are. We're in the last chapter, and we're going to take a peek inside Jonah's heart, Jonah's conversation with the Lord. And, you know, this actually gives the huge meaning. The story's not over yet. And again, after all, a whole nation was saved. A whole city, a great city was, was supposed to be destroyed, but saved. But Jonah wasn't happy. Let me pause there. Did you ever hear good news happening around you? But you weren't too happy. Can you relate to that? Tao lang. Yes? Yung kapitbahay mo. Yung kasama mo sa office na mas senior ka pero siya na una. Na-promote. Ganon. <laughs> yung kaklase mo ng high school, mas maganda ka naman but siya yung may boyfriend. Ganon. <laughs> Jonah 4 verse 1 to 2 so uh, let me say it can we flash it on the screen so let's read it are you ready are you are you there let's go for it this change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became everybody say very angry not just angry, but very angry. And emphasis was there. Continue. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God. Slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. Let me continue that later. So finally, 
Jonah was not just disobedient. Jonah was very angry. A prophet, knowing the scripture, a prophet of the Lord was very angry about God being good. All along, he wanted Nineveh to be destroyed because Kalaban, they are their enemies. And the, the, the Assyrians in Nineveh, they were very ruthless. They, they tortured their enemies. They, they massacred the Jews. So, so for Jonah, he doesn't want that. He wanted them just to suffer. He wanted his enemies, the enemies of his nation to suffer because they, serve it, they deserve it. And so, Jonah says, continue. And the next verse, that's why I'm going three on the third verse. This is good. Listen to this and say it with me if it's there on the screen. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Wow. It was like, it's me or them, Lord. It's either you pick me or you pick them. It's, it's either you kill them or you kill me. He was throwing a tantrum to the Lord over something good that happened. Can you relate? Can you relate? I want you to appreciate the Bible. Do you know how much angry? The Bible said very angry. Do you know how much anger was that? All throughout the book, the brilliant author of the book of Jonah used the Hebrew word gadol. Everybody say gadol. And then he, hindi budala, gadol. He described it through the great storm, the great fish, the great city of Nineveh. And it wasn't accidental. When the author described, there was a pattern for a purpose. And the author described his anger also as gadol. That means that's how big the anger was. Like the huge sea monster. Like the huge great city of Nineveh. Like the huge storm. And it was, it was destructive. It was killing him. It was so much. And we must read again so you can appreciate. Let's read again his complaint. How many of you, how many of you complained to God before? If you haven't, you can be honest now. Verse 2, it said, So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? Can I, be a, can I put it on a Filipino tone? Yeah? Didn't I say it before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran... I cannot. That is why I ran away from Tarshish. And I knew, I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Look, look, merciful, compassionate, unfailing love. These are good or bad qualities. And yet the prophet was complaining. Oh my, sometimes I can really relate that. Sometimes I'm Jonah. I'm complaining about good things. I've heard one attendee. 
Bakit ba dyan? In, in PICC? Masyado malayo yung parking. Masyado mahirap pumunta. <laughs> no, that's just a side story. Jonah, when expressing those qualities of the Lord, just to let you know, the Bible is a hyperlinked book. It's a collection of stories. One story collect, connected to the other. So Jonah is actually a lot connected to Genesis. Everybody say Genesis. And Jonah was almost quoting verbatim the great message of Exodus 34, verse 5 to 7. And if you will read that later, you will see that it was almost verbatim. Good, merciful, compassionate, slow to anger. And you know what? In the Hebrew tradition, in that culture, this is very, very important. It is one of the most foundational verses of the Old Testament. It is quoted. It's so special. It's quoted 27 times in the Old Testament. And, uh, and, and it's one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. So what is Jonah's problem? Ask me what. It's this. We want God's mercy to be exclusive. We want that the goodness of God is only for us, not for our enemies. Uh, let me say this to you. Sometimes we feel, how dare God bless our enemies? We're following God. They're not following Him. They do not deserve it. Do you trust me? Because I would like to lead you to a very simple mental exercise that you wouldn't like. Just honest. Can we try? Close your eyes. I cannot. Close your, clo close your eyes. Come on, trust me here. I want you to think of someone who has hurt you. Trust me on this. Don't worry. Think of someone who has hurt you. Someone who insulted you. Someone who bullied you. Who destroyed your reputation. Who, who put out fake news about you ruined your life, wrecked your life, or I think someone who stole from you, someone who got money from you and did not return it back, a very substantial amount. Hey, it doesn't have to be that big. I want you to think of a friend who voted and campaigned for the candidate that you hated in the last elections. Open your eyes. Can you feel the anger? <laughs> I, I, I tried to do this at home and by myself. I tried. I cannot. <laughs> and I'm guilty that sometimes I want, I want that the goodness of God be for good people alone. But how dare I say it? I want you to imagine God loving that person. Lord, bakit Blessing that person, embracing that person. There is something inside you that says, <laughs> That is how Jonah felt in some way. 
God replies to our anger. Listen from this. Listen to this. The Lord replied, verse 4, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Is it right for you to be angry about this? I believe that God is asking us today, is it right for you to be angry when I show my goodness towards your enemies? Is it, are you, is it right for you to be angry when I bless people? Am I not blessing you enough? Why do you hurt when I heal your enemies? It is very soul penetrating. Get this message. That is the message of Jesus. That is the me- it is very consistent. Centuries later, in Matthew 5, 43 to 44, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, it says, You have heard the law that says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Lord, so hard to be a Christian. Yes, it is. But it's worth it. And God called us. I want you, before I end and leave, I want you to understand a very important, a very rampant misunderstanding that we have about the Bible. Sometimes we have this question, why is the Old Testament God harsh and judgmental, but the New Testament God is loving and merciful. Have you asked that question before to yourself? Have you wondered? Oh, there's no thought on your head. I I also thought like that in the early years of, of understanding, reading the Bible, and I'm not done yet. I'm still learning and so much more. By the way, when we're preaching, we're preaching to ourselves. We're also learning it, and I'm grateful for this calling so be it lord <laughs> the new testament and the old testament god are one he did not change god is both merciful and loving slow to anger and compassionate from the old testament to the new testament we think different we think they're different because we do not know it yet. So the invitation today is we do not gonna fear God because God will throw us to the sea and get swallowed by the sea monster and force us to obey him. No, the invitation today is not to obey him long. The invitation is to know him, to trust his heart. And if you cannot Trust His ways in your life. Trust His heart. If you cannot trust the pain that God allowed in your life, you trust His purpose. If you cannot trust that God allowed hurting into your life, trust that God is healing you from within. And there's so much more. The book of Jonah 
was already talking of God's radical mercy from the early start, from the Old Testament. And so today, as I close, I invite you. Aminin mo na. Say to yourself that yes, sometimes I'm like Jonah. I hurt when God does something good to other people. It's our human nature. But I thank God that we do not just rely on ourselves, but we can have God. Today I encourage you, may you experience God's mercy like never before. Because that mercy, that love, compassion, slow to anger, is not just for you. But it's also for the people around you. And who are we to dare question it? Because sometimes, sometimes we are the sinful people. We are the difficult person. We are like the Ninevites too. So pick your character in the story. If you feel like Jonah, there is hope for us. And Brother Audi will preach this further. And there's a lesson about God's mercy. And if you feel like you're a Ninevite, with a very simple five-word sermon that Jonah preached, may we be listening enough and responding early on to God's invitation of mercy and love and compassion. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a big, big hand, everybody. <laughs> big hand, please, again, to Brother Audi Villaraza. Everybody say, thank you, Brother Didoy. Good morning, everyone. How are you? You're great. This is the longest time that I was just backstage listening to Brother Bo and, Bro and Brother Dido. It's amazing. How many of you are being blessed by this study of Jonah? Raise your hand. So much wisdom in the story. And we're not done yet because, you know, I, I believe that we're going towards the end. This is the culmination of what has been one of the most amazing stories that we've read. I mean, we've seen Jonah how Jonah disobeyed God and how he ran away from God's calling and how he ended up in a, in a, in a boat and then he ended up in the belly of a great big fish. And then, and then we saw how, how God forgave Jonah and gave, and gave Jonah a second chance because God is, is merciful. And then we saw how God forgave the Ninevites when they repented because Jonah preached this five-word sermon. And you would think, you know, this is the, the, the ending that I've always thought that Jonah would be. The perfect ending when God would forgive the people. I mean, you couldn't think of any better ending than that, right? Except that that's not the ending yet. This is the brilliance of the author of Jonah. Just when you thought that you knew the ending, he flips the script and then he gives it a director's cut, a different ending. You know who else loved doing that? Jesus. Every time Jesus would tell these stories that they called parables, 
just when you thought that you knew how it would end, Jesus would flip the script and then give it an unexpected ending. Let me explain it to you. Okay, so we are at the part in verse 5, and, 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 and Didoy just preached this. Now, Jonah is now just observing at this point when, when he already preached, and then he saw how God, how they repented and God forgave them. And it says here, in verse 5, after the Ninevites repented, it says, Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. If by this point you're still wondering what the true nature of Jonah's heart is, whether Jonah was being selfless or selfish, this verse confirms it all. You know what Jonah was doing? He was secretly hoping that God would change his mind about the Ninevites, that instead of saving Nineveh, God would destroy it. And I wonder how many of you like that. You know, you, 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 you say you've forgiven the person, but in your heart, you know this, in your heart, you're secretly wishing, Lord, pwede bang parusahan mo rin sila? Secretly, you're like that, right? This is the true nature of Jonah. He was a prophet. He was a follower of the Lord, and yet we're seeing how selfish Jonah was. He was watching what God was going to do, but instead of, of God destroying the city, what did God do? God did something completely unexpected. And you got to listen to this. While Jonah was sitting in verse 6, it says, And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, right where Jonah was sitting. And soon, it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful. Everybody say grateful. He was very grateful for the plan. You know, we've seen Jonah experience a lot of different emotions. He was bitter. He was angry. He was resentful. He, he was, he was uh, disobedient. For the first time ever in this story, we're seeing that Jonah is grateful. Why? Ask me why. You must mahina pa. Why? Because for the first time, God was actually doing something for him. Throughout the story, God was doing something for somebody else. He was doing something for the Ninevites. He was doing something for the sailors. And for the first time, God was doing something for Jonah. And now Jonah is happy. And you know what? This is a picture of you and me. We don't mind when God is blessing us. We're happy. You know, life is good when God is blessing you. You tell your friends all about it when God is blessing you. You write it in your journal when God is blessing you. You tell your small group when God is blessing you. Some of you even post it on social media. Hashtag blessed. Right? Eating in my favorite restaurant. Hashtag blessed. Hanging out with my best buds. Hashtag blessed. You, you spread it all over. It's because, you know, you're proud when God blesses you. But the moment God starts blessing other people, especially with blessings that you prayed for and God didn't give it to you, what happens? You start to resent it. You start to become bitter about it. You start to become angry. That's exactly what was happening with Jonah. And you know what? There is a danger whenever you behave like that. Let me, let me, let me show you. Take a look at verse 7 to 8. This is what God did to Jonah. It says, but God, after he, he, he uh, uh, arranged for a leafy plant, God also arranged for what? For a worm. And so the next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away, just like that. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. You see, you know, 
all my life, I've come to learn this truth the hard way, that one of the easiest ways to lose the power of a blessing is if you become ungrateful about that blessing. Sometimes, yes, you're grateful about it, just like Jonah, he was grateful for the plant, but in his heart, there was still a lot of selfishness. You lose the power of a blessing the moment you don't look at it the right way as a real blessing. And if you don't start sharing it with other people, you keep it to yourself, then you lose it. The greatest way for that blessing to be taken away is if you take it for granted. Can you look at the person that you love right beside you? Is there a person that you love right next to you? Can you look at that person? Come on, look at that person. I'm just asking you to look at that person. Can you tell that person right now? Take a look at that person right now. Come on. And then tell that person, don't ever take me for granted. <laughs> That's the truth. If you want to lose the blessing, the easiest way that the blessing will be taken away from you is if you take that blessing for granted. So let's not be like Jonah here in this picture that we're grateful because God is blessing us. We got to remain, we got to check our heart because you've got a choice. You've got a choice, you know. When the blessing leaves you, here's the choice. You can either be bitter that you lost it or you can be grateful that you enjoyed it. Which do you choose? Bitterness, gratefulness. Gratefulness, that's right. Because all blessings are temporary. Not all the blessings are permanent in our life. And so while you have that blessing, appreciate it. Appreciate it. So here's what happens next. I love that verse in the book of Job that says, God gives, but God also takes away. But Job says, but blessed be the name of the Lord. We're grateful that God blesses us. Go ahead. You can clap your hands. God is good. I want, you to I want, to I want to show you what happens next. It says here that the sun beat down after God removes the plant. God does something to Jonah. He says that, the author says that the sun beat down on Jonah's head until he grew faint and wished to die. The ancient Hebrew word for the word angry, get this, it's, it's actually, it means hot, too hot. That's why sometimes when you're angry, you feel like you're in hell. You feel like you're perspiring, you're sweaty all over because it's, it's, it's that, the literal sense. It's to be hot. And so Jonah says this in verse 7. He says, death is certainly better than living like this. And then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Have you noticed it yet? Jonah keeps mentioning about death, about wanting to die. And if there's anything that we're getting from this message, it's this. When you continue to be angry or you stay angry with your enemies, you know what's happening to you? You are dying a slow death. You are being killed little by little. I mean, think about it. When you're angry, the first thing that's killed is your peace of mind. You don't want to see that person because you're angry at that person, but not knowing that you're thinking about that person 24-7. Right? That's the person in your head. Whenever you're, 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 you're going to bed, you think about that person, then you get mad. And then, after your peace of mind is killed, what happens is that your joy is killed. You start losing all the happiness that you used to have. And then after your joy is killed, your identity is killed. You used to be this happy, peaceful, loving person. And then now you've turned into a bitter, resentful, unforgiving person. 
It changes you. And I know this because I've experienced it. You know, sometimes whenever we're angry, our anger will sometimes be senseless. How do I know that? Because when you're, have you ever been in an argument with somebody and the argument has turned for the worse and you just want to win that argument? So instead of going for logic, you just go for longevity. You're like, how long can I keep this argument even if it's already so stupid until that other person snaps? You're just waiting for that other person to snap. That's it. It's just longevity, not even just logical anymore. Bakit? Gusto mong pikunin? Because you think that if, kung napikon, ang pikon talo. So that's what you do. But here's the truth. Victory at the expense of love and truth is not really victory. It's fake victory. You cannot win the right fight if you embellish the truth. If you lie about it. Or if you start hating other people. So that's not real victory. And that's what we're seeing right now. People are, are so victorious, but then they're backstabbing other people. They're coming up with bad things about those other people. It's not really victory if you're not loving the person. And so that's what's, what the anger is doing to all of us. You know, the story of Jonah is about God's mercy because we are all angry people deep inside. And I know this, just like what Brother Bo shared earlier. I have my own story. In 2013, I remember this because it was a uh, I got married at, uh, at uh, 2013, on 2013, uh, October 24, 2013. And um, six months before I got married, I was scammed big time, scammed big time. And it wasn't so much about the amount that was taken from me, but it was the timing. I mean, I was getting married. And you, the last thing you want is, you know, your savings to be, to be uh, put on hold. Or for somebody to take the, the, the hard-earned money that you worked for. And so, it was a client of mine. You see, I operated the retail outlet before. I used to sell gadgets. Um, gadget grocery. It was an online store. And um, uh, one of my clients, a regular loyal client, who would often buy from me and he would pay cash. One day, he comes up to me and says, can I, can I buy the newest iPhone models that just arrived? And I'm like, yeah, sure. He, he, he ordered four. And that's not unusual because he would, or, he would usually order uh, that amount and it would amount to a six-digit figure. And so I said, yeah, fine. And he says to me, I'm going to come late at 7 o'clock. Is it okay if I issue you a, a dated check? And I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's fine because I get to deposit it the next day. And so he comes, and then I see him driving this brand new BMW X5. My goodness. You would think, you know, you knew that this guy had money. He was using uh, this, this phone brand. I don't know if you know this, but it's like, the, it's like the, the, the Rolex of watches for smartphones. It's called the Virtus phone. It's very expensive. And he was using that. I'm like, my goodness, this guy would, would definitely be good for the check. And so I gave it to him, and then he, he left. And then the next day... I deposited the check, and that's fine. But it takes three days to clear, right? So the next day, he texts me again. He says, a couple of my colleagues also want to buy phones. Can I go to your office? And, and I'm like, yeah, sure. So he comes again in the evening. And then he, he grabs, I think, five more phones or six more phones, amounting again to a six-digit figure. And I'm like, that's good. And so we, we parted our ways. And here, that, that was Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesday came. And one thing as a business person that you would not like to get early in the morning is a bank calling you. And then telling you, sir, tumalbog po yung cheque. <laughs> and so, and one thing that I realized when I got that call is that I had no idea where this guy lived. 
I know who my, his friends might be. He actually works for, he's a public figure. Uh, he works for one of the government officials. And I knew that because I've been a, he's been a client for many years. I think about five, six years. And so, tumalbog po yung cheque. And so in my heart, you know, I was just trying to be peaceful. And I'm, I'm thinking, no, 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 no. I just got to call him and inform him. Maybe he wasn't able to fund it. So I text him. And then he responds. And he's like, sorry, sorry boss, nasa Bicol po ako. Deposit nyo na lang bukas. Okay, so. And then the next day, the second check that he issued, again, bounced. By this time, I was already panicking. And so I started calling him unreachable. So I didn't know what to do. I kept on trying to look in my contacts who would probably know him. I couldn't find anybody until I found one guy. And then I, I got his help. I met him for dinner and I asked him, can you help me out, bro? He's from community. Can you help me out? Because this guy that we both know, he ran away with, with the goods and he didn't pay me. His checks bounced and I don't know how to look for him. And so he, he tried to help me out. He point me, pointed me to different contact people and I went to them and they couldn't help me out either because they were already saying, you know, that guy also owes me money. So apparently this guy had been into gambling recently and he had been you know, owing people left and right. And you know, that two weeks was the worst for me. And remember, I was getting married. <laughs> but then, a few weeks later, the same guy that helped me out, he calls me up and he says, Brother! Yung pinag-uusapan natin, si, si, si ano, nag-text sa akin. Binibentahan pa naman ako ng iPhone. Sabi niya, mas mura, below market price. Eh, malamang, Wala kayang, po, wala kayang puhunan yun. <laughs> Below market talaga yun. So, gusto mo brother, ganito, i-entrapment natin siya. And I'm like, what is entrapment? <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing about this. I've never done anything like this. He says, I'll invite him for coffee here in, in Rockwell. And then he'll come and then you, you bring police. You bring police and then, you know, you, 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 you get him behind bars. You know, you, 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 you do this. You invite NBI. And I'm like, how can I do that? Where do I start? And I was playing it in my head. I'm like, because I'm really hating this guy by this time, you know, because he stole money from me. And the one thing that I knew I needed to do was, because I was getting married, and so I spoke to uh, my spiritual mentor, Brother Bo. I didn't know that he went through the same thing. And you know what Brother Bo told me? He said, pray about it. Pray about it. And then he told me, imagine this. If you're able to do what your friend is suggesting, to do that little entrapment where you, you, uh, he meets up with that friend and then you come up from behind and then you, 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 you do stuff, you know, you get him behind bars. And then he asks me this question, will that give you peace? And I'm like, truth is, I just want to move on from this because I knew that he owed a lot of people. And I knew that he, I wasn't going to be able to get back the products. And here's my greatest fear. The fact that I was getting married, I knew that he was involved in a syndicate and I didn't want that syndicate, you know, affecting my marriage, my future wife and my peace. I didn't want that. So I walked away from it with a bitter heart. I swallowed it like a bitter pill. And it was hard. It was hard because starting that marriage, you know, that money was going to be used for our marriage, you know, the startup of our, of our life together. And... I wonder how many of you here, have you ever been scammed before? Can you raise your hand? People who have been scammed. Yeah, apir tayo. 
let me just say this, my friends. It seems that there's a lot of you here. Let me just say this. You know what it's like to be fooled with your hard-earned money. It's hard, right? And you start hating that person. I mean, it's just natural for us to start hating. But here's where our anger becomes so senseless. That in our hate, we start hating not just that person, but everything about that person. All of a sudden, I started praying, Lord, saktan mo siya. Lord, saktan mo yung kapatid niya. Lord, kunin mo yung negosyo niya. I wonder how many of you have ever thought like that. Lord, sana may mangyari sa kanya. Because in your hatred, you feel like, my gosh, I want you, them, Lord, to feel the exact same pain that I felt. That's how it feels like when, when you're angry. Can I invite everybody to stand up? I'm going to close right now, but don't worry. I'm going to finish that story. That story is not the ending yet. How does this story end? You're going to be surprised by this. Like I said, it's not a, the conclusion yet. If you're looking for closure in a happy good ending in this story, you're not going to find it here because here's how it ends. It says in uh, verse 10, Then the Lord said, You feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh, here's how I know that, Jonah's sense of, of, uh, of uh, morality has already been warped. Why? Because he was more concerned about the plant than all the people in Nineveh. God said this. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. This is the NLT version. The NIV version is so good. They describe the Ninevites in the NIV version as people who cannot tell their right hand from their left. This is going to be important in a minute. And then God says this. It's a question that God asks. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? That's the ending. That's the ending. No feel-good ending. No fairy tale ending. That's it. It doesn't end, you know, in a, on, a, on a dot. It ends with a question mark. Now, why? Two reasons. Number one, it's open-ended because the ending of Jonah's story is the beginning of your story. It's the beginning of your story. You're the continuation of Jonah's story. And the question that the author is asking you and I right now, will you choose to be like Jonah in your anger? Will you choose to be like Jonah who in his anger, in his selfishness, in his pride, he demanded justice in his own terms. Are you going to be like Jonah who will demand your sense of justice or will you be like Jesus who surrendered to God's boundless mercy? Which one will you be? Jonah or Jesus? And the second reason why it's open-ended, and this is so simple, but I pray that it will minister to you today in a powerful way. The reason why the author ends it on the topic of mercy, he says that God, God says, shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Talking about God's mercy. It's open-ended because that's how God's mercy is. God's mercy is open-ended. It has no limit. It has no limit. You can keep coming back to God again and again and God will have more than enough supply of mercy for you. That's why he ends it on a question about God's mercy. But here's how my own story ends. A year later, after that whole situation of walking away with a bitter heart, 
I got a call from NBI. And then they said, Sir, yung pong kinasuhan nyo, nagreklamo kayo eh. I, 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 I put out uh, a notice for this guy and, and, and they said, Sir, the guy that you accused of stealing your, your, your products, we caught him. And he's here. He's being detained in our office somewhere here in Manila. And they're, ask, and they're asking me, Sir, would you like to come in? And gusto uh, bang kasuhan? That's the term. And you know, when I was going there, I was traveling. I was thinking of all the things that I would say and do to this guy. I mean, this guy stole my hard-earned money. He gave me so many sleepless nights. And I was thinking, what am I going to do to this guy? Am I going to punch him? Would that be enough? Am I going to scissor kick him? Is that more than enough? Am I going to karate chop him? Is that more than enough? What am I going to do? Am I going to lambast him? And you know, traveling, I had so many creative ideas on how I was going to tell this guy what he did to me. And then when I got to the office, it, it took some time for me to see him because the officers were talking to me. And, and you know, they started telling me stuff about the guy that he wasn't caught because of the, the crime that he committed against me. You know what he was caught for? Forgering U.S. visas. And apparently that wasn't it too. He was also caught for carnapping because the car that he was driving that night was stolen. So this guy was on a on a, a vicious cycle. But in that moment, in that moment, when I found out all the things that he had done because of that gambling, the hardness of my heart started melting away. Thinking about, you know, the things that he had to go through and the reasons why he had to do that. And I, I had hatred in my heart. I mean, to be honest, I really hated him. But that moment when I found out about what he went through and then, here he comes moment that I was wishing for and hoping for he comes and he wasn't even looking at me he was wearing the orange shirt that they would make those uh, believed prisoners wear and he was wearing a simple slippers and shorts and he couldn't even look at me I could not wait for him to speak because they sat him right in front of me and so three words just came out of my mouth out of everything that I thought of while I was traveling, I say to him, bro, I forgive you. I forgive you. I mean, I, I, I don't know what you've been through, but I know that it's more than what I've been through. You've done some things. Yes, I know. And it hurt me. It hurt a lot of other people. You've done some things and there is a punishment for those things. But right now, I want to be the first person to say, I forgive you. And you know what I did? I prayed for him right there. He was crying. I prayed for him and I felt complete peace in my heart. And I'm speaking this to somebody here right now. Because I don't know the kinds of anger that you feel towards somebody in your life. Just like what Didoy preached earlier. How we can be so angry towards people who voted for different candidates that we did not support. Or how we could be so angry at family members who hurt us, who backstabbed us, who betrayed us. How we can be so angry with a partner of ours because they stole some money. But I want you to know this just as they describe the Ninevites. I want you to think about this. The NIV version is so powerful that they describe the Ninevites as people who cannot tell their right hand from their left. And so here's my, my thinking. What if this is an opportunity 
that whenever I see a person who is lost that I don't really like there are many people that we don't like but if, what if we see them from the posture that maybe they just don't know who God is they don't know right from wrong because of their upbringing maybe they've been corrupted by parents because of the system right now maybe they've been corrupted in, the, in where they work what if we open our eyes to see the mercy of God not just working in our life but also in their life because I truly believe this that God is not about destruction God is about transformation He wants to change you He wants to change you and me and I know how you see people whenever you look at people you're like I'm good I'm good I don't steal I don't lie I don't cheat they're evil and so you point your fingers at people who are evil that person is bad that person is evil that person is disgusting but you know what I realized all of us here we're all sinners my friend we all need the mercy of God none of us here are perfect we have all fallen short of the grace of God and when you think about that it somehow sets you free because we are all prodigal children you might not be the son who walked away who 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 uh, uh, uh didn't steal the money but but who uh, what, what is the word who uh wasted the money you may not be that son who walked away from the inheritance and then you came back to the lord but i want you to think about this you might be the older brother in that house because remember in the prodigal son story that parable the sinful son came back and the father threw a party he threw a feast he killed the fattened calf but meanwhile the older brother the one who had been good he was a good son an obedient son he was with the father but in his heart he said why are we doing this dad my brother ran away and yet you are killing the good calf for him we may not be the sinful one but we may be the bitter one the angry one but when you realize this when you think about it two sons one who needed mercy because he sinned against his father but another one who also needed mercy because he was filled with bitterness we are all in the same boat my friends we are all prodigal children. We all need the love of God. How do you do it? Would you like to know how you do it? Ask me how. Go to the cross. Go to the cross. On your own, you're not going to be able to do it. On your own, you're, 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 you're going to complain. You're going to get tired of loving people. You will be impatient. But when you go to the cross, God will supply you. God will equip you. God will arm you to forgive people. God will arm you with the mercy that you deserve, that you will use to love those who are broken right now. So go to the cross because the cross is the source of all mercy. It's the source of all love and it's the source of grace. Are you ready to go to the cross right now? You are a prodigal child. Whether you believe it or not, you're prodigal like me.
We're all prodigal right now. And so we're going to declare the goodness of God over our life. Can I invite you to raise your hands right now? Come on. I am praying at this moment that God is going to make a shift in your life. That He's going to melt the anger and the hatred and the indifference and the complacency that have been rooted in your heart. And I want God to reveal to you right now to open your eyes to how much you need His mercy and His grace. Every hand lifted up. Come on, both hands if that's necessary. Everybody say this, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need your mercy. I need your grace. Thank you for loving me, for forgiving me, and for changing me. Thank you for your love. You are good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.